to another edition of the In Search SEO Podcast, where we paint the town red with search marketing insights. Awesome. Great guest for you today. I have been waiting for this one for quite a bit. The great Jessica Levinson will be joining us to talk about how to actually do what we say we ought to do when trying to create targeted content. How to take the dream of targeted content and then actually write it. How to make sure your content actually aligns to your targeted audience and where targeted content is heading as SEO evolves. But before that, we put Google's relationships on the couch as the search engine has taken yet another entity understanding advancement. I am your host, Morty Oberstein, and I am joined by the impeccable, the devastating <laughs> Sapir Carabello. Oh, Morty. I actually like this introduction. Devastating? Devastating. Impeccable. Like, it's so true. You are devastating. That can be taken a lot of ways. <laughs> I'll take How it should as we positive. take it? You do that. Yeah. You do that. You yeah. take it as a positive. Yeah, I'll take Good it as a Good for you. How yeah. are you? Have you been? Don't not there. forget. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been? Uh, uh, yeah, I've been good. That's good. <laughs> have you been? Uh, same as always. <laughs> Crotch the old man. All right. <laughs> All right. right. Do not forget, we put out a new episode of the In Search SEO Podcast each and every Tuesday. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on SoundCloud. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on the Rain Grinder blog. And, of course, you may and should subscribe on iTunes. You can probably find it anywhere podcasts are are sold or offered. Um, So check it out. Yeah, check it out. You already are checking it out. You're listening. <laughs> yeah. Do what Sapir said. <laughs> also, also, new to Rank Ranger, WooCommerce data. You can now integrate WooCommerce with Rank Ranger, create custom graphs with the data compared to any other data within Rank Ranger and a hell of a lot of other things. And then you can place all of those graphs inside a 100% white label dashboard. I am not messing with you. It's really 100% white label because you can manipulate the HTML and CSS. So head over to rankranger.com, sign up for a 14-day free trial, no credit card necessary, because we're not gimmicky, and (laughs) let the good times roll. (laughs) Let the good times roll. You don't know that song, do you? No. (laughs) All right. Great show for you today. We'll get to Jessica Levinson in just a bit, because I want to show you something funky about Entity advancement. Okay, now I'm scared. Yes. Get ready because here comes some funky SEO for you. Banging out the funky beats. We want the funk. Give up the funk. (laughs) Not again. I told you every time we do this segment, I'm going to say that. Oh, my God. Should we harp on this? Should we talk about the fact that you don't understand who George Clinton is? Forever. On the fourth of the month, known as February... Our dear friend, Sir Barry the Schwartz, reported on a new See the Connection button in the Knowledge Panel. Sir Barry the Schwartz? Really, Morty? Yes. Okay. The Schwartz. (laughs) May the Schwartz be with you. You don't know where that's from either. I know. Star Wars. No, Spaceballs. May the Schwartz be with you. That was a big deal for me as a kid because my stepfamily's last name is Schwartz. So every so often, may the Schwartz be with you. No, I am not related to Barry Schwartz. Nice. Even though my step family's okay. last name is Schwartz. Although I am related to Eli Schwartz as my first cousin. No one cares. No one know- I care because I like him. Okay, move on. All right. Anyway. So I want to talk to you about this. Yeah. See the connection button 
in the knowledge panel that was spotted. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me explain what it is first, maybe. Yeah. Because it's an audio experience and I can't say, here, see it. So I have to describe it. Thank you, Morty. Which just makes me more talented than I'm able to do that. <laughs> you, I'm getting, for those not here in the room with us, I am getting the look of death. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say you search for a celebrity. Let's take Terry Bradshaw. Who? Famous dealer's quarterback. Is in a bunch of movies. Major personality, hilarious guy. Check him out. Okay, let's take somebody we all know. Thank you. Yeah. OJ Simpson. (laughs) You you search for OJ. And in the people also search box carousel thing, you'll see um, other entities. uh, Nicole Brown, which you will see there. Okay. Um, Yes. And you (laughs) click on that person, in this case, Nicole, and you get Nicole's knowledge panel. Right. Right? Well, Google has begun showing a tab above the main panel that says, see the connection. So you went from OJ to Nicole, and now Google says, see the connection. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) By the way, Google is not showing the see the connection button for OJ and Nicole. Oh, seriously? That would be horrible. (laughs) It might happen in the future, though. Oh, that'd be terrible. <laughs> okay, the example Barry gave is for two people. I have no idea who they are. You mm-hmm. would know probably who they are. Um, you search for someone. It, the, the, the example was someone who searched for French Montana. It's a singer. I have no idea. I think so. Yeah, it's He's a not French and he's not from Montana. <laughs> so I have no idea. Rhode Island. Neither Rhode nor an island. Discuss. Um. And then so you, someone searched for French Montana, and it still worked. You can check it out yourself. Okay. Okay. And they clicked on DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled. Whatever. I just, <laughs> <laughs> you young people. You young people. Oh, I, Morty. <laughs> I just dated myself. Okay. You you clicked on this DJ Khaled guy. Khaled. DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled guy. Yeah. From the people also search for. And above the good DJ's panel, which you're now redirected to once you clicked on his face, mm-hmm. there is a button that says, see the connection. And when you click on that, okay, that expands this tab, which shows you a featured snippet explaining to you how this Montana guy and the DJ guy are connected. <laughs> oh, sweet. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's great. Yeah. Worthy of a podcast? I don't know. But there's more to this. So have patience, young Padawan. Young what? Young Padawan. That's um, you, Ewan McGregor. Now I can't get anybody's name right. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. You know who he is? Yeah. Okay, so he was in the first Star Trek prequel. Star Trek, yeah. Star Wars prequel. Yeah. And he, the, the, the other guy, played by Liam Neeson, says, patience, young Padawan. It's a famous line. It means like patience, young learner. Okay. Yeah, just patience, right? <laughs> okay. The reason why I'm telling you to be patient is because this is not the first time Google has actually done this. Um, the mobile knowledge panel is not the only way to access this connection entity thing. Okay. What you could also do, and there's a bunch of like really big implications to this that we can get into, or maybe not. We'll see how much how time goes. Um, and by the way, the implication that I want to talk to you about, with the time allows, is not, oh, Google's taking over everything with their SERP features. Because that's what we say every time Google does something. Oh, the implication of Google showing you the see the connection button is that Google's taking over everything. <laughs> Turn your brain on and stop saying cliches for five minutes because there are actually real implications besides Google's taking over everything. Okay, wait. So what are the other implications then? Okay, you want to get to that first? Yeah. Fine. Okay, so let me, let's do it like this. Let me run through this. Okay. okay? So there's another way to access this. Okay. This, this connection thing. 
Remember a couple of weeks ago we were going through the top 100 greatest um, artists, musical artists of all time, and you didn't know who Tom Petty was? I still don't know who he is. Okay. okay. So that, your ignorance <laughs> got me in a mood to listen to Tom Petty. Okay. Okay, great. Um, one of his greatest My jams. Impact. Your ignorance is is called "Into the Great Wide Open." It's a famous Tom Petty song, and I'm sitting there watching this thing on YouTube, the music video, and because his videos are awesome, by the way. Okay. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Is that Johnny Depp? Like, you know, old. I couldn't recognize him because, like, old in a music video. Yeah. Okay. Because it was old Johnny Depp. Like, oh. not the Johnny Depp who looks hot, like the hot Johnny Depp. Right. <laughs> not the Johnny Depp who looks like you know, like um, the Greenwich Village Halloween Parade and oh, Death God, Collided. No. Like a hundred miles an hour, and that's what he looks like now. Like you know, like the twenty twenty one Jump Street Johnny Depp. Okay. And just for like a, a second, I wasn't like watching it religiously. I was like, you know, looking at it, doing some other things. I'm like, oh, that's Johnny Depp, right? I, you know, I'm I, not I sure. used to have such a crush on him when I was young. <laughs> when you were when, we, <laughs> when I was so younger, you, like, when you were eight, that's weird. Yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> anyway, I searched to see yeah. if that really was Johnny Depp. Okay. I searched literally for yeah. Tom Petty, Johnny Depp. Just like that. Okay. Okay. And I got an explore panel. And I got an explore panel. panel, Thank you. um, Which you may know better as the right hand side featured snippet. Right. On desktop. And the the header was Tom Petty, Johnny Depp. Just like that. Oh. Amazing. And the panel goes into the very music video that I was talking about. Pretty good, Google. Yeah, pretty good, but I'm not sure if it's, you know, podcast worthy. You young people, all action and no build up. <laughs> oh, that's a dirty joke. Okay. The <laughs> fact the fact that the format <laughs> The fact that the format was an explore panel is very significant. And why is that? Because it wasn't a feature snippet. <laughs> okay. Because the explore panel is a combination of feature snippet and knowledge panel, meaning before I know before you ask me. Meaning the content <laughs> is entity centric. Mm-hmm. Okay, in other words, the use of Explore Panel means Google knows that um, Johnny Depp and Tom Petty together are an entity. Meaning Google, this is the implication, you ready? Yeah. Google knows relationships per se as entities. Mm. And that's freaking huge. Yeah, when you put it like that, I guess it is. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Okay, in other words. Yeah. We always knew Google knew the, the, the connection between two entities. That part of Entity A's identity was its connection to Entity B. Mm-hmm. But now, Google knows, in certain cases, the relationship itself is an entity. And that relationship is a, is a sub-entity formed by the merger of two other entities, which is why you get an Explore panel. Because the Explore panel shows for very focused topics that fall under um, another entity's identity for example one of the early cases i saw of an explorer panel i don't think it shows anymore for this but it used a show for jfk space race you would get an explorer panel oh you don't know history jfk (laughs) jfk was the person who pushed for america to really get to the moon Ah, yeah good for him yes okay so the space race and jfk's role in it form its own very you know like specific sliver of an overall entity and that's why you get the Explorer panel. That's what Explorer panels show for these like very focused, very nuanced, like sliver of overall entities. Mm. So in this case, the relationship of you know Johnny Depp in this music video was like one small sliver of Tom Petty and Johnny Depp's overall identity, and that's why you get the Explorer panel. Oh. 
Okay, okay. To cap all this off, by the way, the people also search for in this Explorer panel and Johnny Depp and Tom Petty um, are other entity connections. Or, I'm sorry, other entity combinations, like Tom Petty and Cindy Crawford. Ooh. Tom Petty and Elvis. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, meaning Google knows what's related as other relationships. There's what other... Rela- it's looking at the entity from a completely relationship perspective. Again, the the relationship is the entity here. Okay. Okay. So I have been racking my brain trying to figure out like um what's a what's a um you know what's the um the implication of how is Google going to use this to evaluate sites? Mm-hmm. What do you have? It's been a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> the the it could be they use this to start to determine the site um as, as a way of a d- determining a site's identity. Let me let me explain. It's a very raw idea. So okay. just bear with me and have I always forgiveness. Do. Yeah. Yeah. You always have forgiveness. <laughs> and I, I see this more for commerce sites because in commerce sites you have a meeting of two different entities like Johnny Depp and Tom Petty. You have the product and the site. Okay. Right. So um there's the the, 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 the the product and this scratch reverse. The site that's selling it that particular product gets its identity, its relative identity from the product that it's selling, right? Right. Okay. That that sort of makes sense. It could be that the more specific the product, the stronger the identity. So think about it like this. You're going to um, um, a doctor. You can go to a general practitioner or you can go to a specialist. Say, say a throat specialist, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that the doctor is related to this very specific niche of medicine, throat, gives that doctor an identity. It's not just a doctor. She's in the, let's scratch that again. They're not just a doctor. They're a throat doctor, so the specific product that they're peddling, in this case, throat health, mm-hmm. lends to their overall identity. Okay, right. So the more specific the product or service you're offering, the more specific your identity is. Right. Okay. Now, if we're saying that a product and a site, they form their relationship could be understood as an entity now. And so that means, and I wonder, mm-hmm. if Google will use this to give sites that have a very specific niche product focus preference. At least alongside of sites like Amazon or whatever that offer a bunch of different products. So let's say you're looking for a toilet. Okay. You need toilets. Everyone needs toilets. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Let's say you're looking to buy a new toilet. Okay. What's wrong with that? It's an interesting example. My, yeah. Yes. Okay. My, I'll, I'll go with it. I okay. have. I am a four-year-old. My mind immediately goes to potty humor. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, so maybe if Google's going to say, okay, well now we can understand the relationship as an entity itself, maybe we'll show if I buy new toilet, sites that only sell new, new toilets, as opposed to used toilets, yeah. <laughs> only, <laughs> only new toilets, <laughs> over sites that sell a variety of plumbing supplies, okay. like toilets and sinks, like Amazon might. So I don't know, can you order a toilet from Amazon? That's interesting. <laughs> Separate note. Check that out. Um. I'm wondering if that's maybe a possible implication of how Google might use its relationship as an entity understanding to relate to sites. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have for now. That's interesting. I guess it we uh, will wait and see. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. So from selling toilets. Nice. Um, to the great SEO whose team she roots for deserves to be flushed down a toilet. Let me give you some. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. See that? Yeah. All right. Let me give you some little. Uh, let me preface this interview. Oh, God. I am a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I'm a New York Yankees fan for baseball. Okay. Both sides of me, whether it be my New York fandom for baseball or my yeah. Pittsburgh fandom for football, yeah. we have one common denominator. 
and that is hate. And I don't use that word lightly, and I mean it, hate for, I don't really hate them, for Boston sports teams. Okay. Jessica is a rabid Boston sports fan. Okay. And we spend much time on Twitter trolling each other about our sports teams. Lovely. So we're going to get into it. Okay. So just be ready Can't for wait. that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, of course, have I'm the fun. <laughs> mute. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm no, kidding. No, okay. we don't mute this podcast. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> from selling toilets to a team, to, to an SEO whose teams deserve to be flushed down a toilet. Yeah. Here's Jessica Levinson and how to actually do what we say we want to do when it comes to targeting audiences with content. And, oh, Jessica... The Red Sox suck, and the Patriots suck even more. Cut one. Welcome to another In Search SEO podcast interview session. Today, our Women In Search interview series continues with a renowned industry speaker, a highly regarded SEO strategist. You can find her as part of Search Engine Journal's new ebook on 2020 trends in SEO. She is Jessica Levinson. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited that you're here because you are a Boston sports fan, and there's nothing I detest more than Boston sports. <laughs> so I, we were supposed to do this podcast interview a week ago, and my internet was messed up, your nose was messed up, and, and I said I'd work <laughs> on new material to, to, to troll you with. So I have to ask you, are you a, are you a Bernie Madoff fan? Uh, no. That's surprising because your whole city is full of cheaters. <laughs> from from I, Bill Belichick I, I, to I Alex Cora. Whether I refrain or, or, or go forward <laughs> is what I usually say to you. Oh, 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 that's true. Okay. So we go back and forth on Twitter all the time. I am a Steelers fan, yeah. and my, our quarterback, our current quarterback, has a, um, a colorful past of all sorts of accusations. So no matter how much I troll Jessica about her New England Patriots football team and how much they cheat, I always lose that battle. But as a Yankee fan, I can't lose the battle of your team cheating by calling signs. So I win that battle. It's true. It's true. I don't have. I, I got to come up with something better about the Yankees to match what I have against the Steelers. That's true. Um, certainly, you're never going to win that battle, or at I least will not. as long as Roethlisberger is uh, throwing the ball for you. But uh, you know, we did the right thing. We got rid of Cora, so uh, you know, we'll see how the next season goes. I'm hoping not well for your for my sake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will haunt you back <laughs> when when uh when things are good for us i'll be, sure I, I'll be ready i'll be ready <laughs> all right okay all right Me so too. we're not talking about boston sports and how horrible of individuals tommy and bill are and alex are um i love when they call i love they call tom Brady tommy hey tommy it's like yeah, it drives tom. me insane okay um tommy Pack my car and have a yacht, right, Tommy? I can't. I'm sorry. Stop. <laughs> Let's talk about creating content that actually targets user intent and not Boston sports. Sounds great. As much as I want to. Um, because right. <laughs> there's the idea of targeting user intent, and then there's actually doing that, and those are two very different things. 
Um, and I'll, I'll speak from my own personal experience. I will have the best of intentions, pun intended. And I, I think about my audience. I think about what I want to write. I think about well, how Google looks at the intent behind what I'm trying to write. And then I sit down to write. And what, what it turns out to be is not what I thought it would be. The intent is off. The, 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 the messaging is off. It, it's all a little bit off. And I'm wondering, despite our best efforts, why does that, in your opinion, why does that end up happening more times than, 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 than not? Sure. So, so I think there's a couple of barriers here, or stumbling blocks. Um, so, you know, you mentioned uh, research and, and targeting. Honestly, um, to date, or, or should I say historically, I still see a lot of writers or content creators who don't actually do that analysis up front. So they're not checking the SERPs. They're not understanding the language that customers or readers are using and what problems they actually want to solve. So instead, I see typically like a combination of assuming what the search language is um, and the angle, as well as thinking that intent just means that you have the right topic without delving into the specific users, uh, into the specifics users or searchers or searching are, are looking for um, or the type of content that they need or want, because I think that determines a lot of the framing that gets used um, and can be severely problematic. Um, so I guess really what that boils down to is the answer is that a, a non-existent or abbreviated research cycle is like the big, biggest barrier. Um, I see um, another barrier being, um, you know, writers or editors who are coming from traditional uh, schooling backgrounds, either journalism or business writing, and um, they are adherent to styles that don't necessarily translate as well in in search, and that can be problematic because they get hung up on things that are um, archaic is too severe of a word, but old fashioned in terms of how people digest content today. You know, they want quick, they want to be able to scan, they want to be able to get through. And then a third piece um, uh, is really like overthinking optimization and turning out content that is just uh, horrible to read. Um, and one other piece I think that really trips people up as well, um, depending on their backgrounds, is is what I call marketing ease. Okay. <laughs> and that is like marketing jargon or lingo. Oh, and, nice. um, you know, that can be really um, difficult to parse. It doesn't match the language that people use when they're searching. And and very often, the only person that that means anything to is the marketing uh, individual that, you know, from that brand. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. It's so easy to fall back on that. It's easy to do. It's easy to create. Yeah. It's it's really easy. To, I speak from, from experience. Where, I mean, I, I can speak only to myself when I do that or I think I'm doing that. I always have somebody outside read it. Someone who has no idea about the product or no idea about whatever it is I'm writing about. And ask them, can, can you clearly and quickly understand this? Or is it just jargon? Exactly. Yep. No, that's a that's a really great way to look at it. Because if I can't scan it and figure it out, you know, what does everybody else think? Um, the way that you market yourself, as opposed to the way people think about the problems or issues they're having, are, are often vastly different. So I'm wondering then, what what do you do when you... When you sit down to write something, whatever it is, from the research process to the to the writing process, how do you go about making sure that you're aligned 
in your strategy and you're aligned in the actual writing itself? Sure. Um, so first things first, obviously I need to understand my, my goal and who I'm targeting. And, and once I get beyond that point, one of the things I'm going to do before I start crafting actually is take an inventory of what I have in place already. Um, so, um, by that, I mean, I'm going to look at the content that exists and I'm going to make sure that, um, I'm not rewriting something that doesn't need to be rewritten or just really needs an update. Um, and then realize what my, what my gaps are, what needs to be rounded out in terms of my coverage, because all these things should be, uh, interlinked and, and part of the journey and, and working together. Um, then what I'm going to do is, um, you know, my subject matter expertise or, my experience in the space is going to give me an idea, um, a rough idea or skeleton of what I need to create. So again, those gaps and, and matching my goal, and I'm going to build a, a rough outline based on that. And I'm going to have some, some likely some gut expectations. Um, and then I'm going to also have some competitive research. I'm going to have looked at what my direct and, and search competitors are doing. And I'm going to use tools like Keywords everywhere, Keyword Tool.io, SEMrush, Moz, the list is really endless. Um, I like them all for very different reasons. And I'm going to use that, the, the data from those to support my next steps and my final plan. So once I select keywords, I'm going to start looking at the SERPs in an incognito browser. I'm going to look at um, the features on page. I'm going to make notes about what I'm seeing before I actually dive into the links themselves. You know, does it... Do the results look ambiguous? Are they a mixture of things? Because Google sees um, that there are different needs um, versus one centralized focus. Or are they specifically decision awareness or consideration? Um, and then, I'm, you know, again, back to the features, I'm going to note that. If there's a video carousel, then I'm going to make a consideration about whether I need to do um, create a video in addition to my text-based content or, you know, maybe it's images, are there questions from the people also ask section that I can pull into my content, and I'm going to add that to my outline. Um, and I'm going to look specifically at the top ranking pieces and note what, you know, what they have, how they're covering it, um, what they may be using for conversion tactics. Um, and in addition to that manual review, I like I like using tools like Phrase or, or Market News. Phrase happens to be my favorite at this point to pull together some of that competitive data beyond my notes, including like the target length for my content. Um, and again, not all of this is exact. It's it's really just to give me a guideline. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna always hit that that number exactly. Um, and that's gonna help me gauge what I need to do to beat the competition and ultimately build out my content briefs. So I'm going to work with that with my team and then, you know, we're going to iterate um, and, uh, you know, obviously research um, or sorry, reporting and analytics after that point is going to be important and watching what that content does and, and coming back and addressing anything further as, as need be. You know, it's it's so funny that you see you, you actually go to the SERP and look at the SERP. I feel that so many people don't do that and there's really no substitute at this point for it, for doing that and seeing what does Google prefer? What does it not prefer? What other intents are being met and to what, do, what extent are other intents being met? What's showing above the fold? What's not above the fold? That sort of thing. It's really valuable and people just don't do it. I know it's uh it's, it's frustrating. It's very often, you know, whatever you're, 
whoever you're working with, sometimes the content creators will say, you know, I don't understand why my content's not working. And then you go in and you do that kind of inventory slash research process and you can see these massive gaps. And it's like, well, did you look at the SERP? Because right here I can see that you've either missed the mark wholly or you're missing some pretty significant areas to cover. Um, and I think, you know, obviously if you, if you don't nail that, you're not going to be seen and, and then maybe you have a great piece of content that you've crafted, but it's, it's just not doing anything for you. It's, it's, it, and it's, what's ironic is it's probably from my perspective, the easiest, least time consuming thing you can possibly do. Absolutely. Which is ironic. Yeah, you, you'll get, yeah, absolutely. It's so easy. Um, and once you're used to it, it, it's, you know, it's a rote exercise, you know, immediately now, even when I'm searching, um, as just a, you know, my outside of SEO persona, I'm immediately able to tell what, you know, whether the SERP is suiting my needs or not. And that is, that's useful in terms of doing this research. And, and it's, it's kind of hard to understand why somebody wouldn't. We just love tools. We're a tool obsessed industry, I guess, which is good for us because we're yeah. a tool, but right. that didn't come out right. right. But the tool, yeah, sorry. No, I'm sorry. saying like we're, yeah. yeah, it's okay. No, I'm saying we're a tool like it doesn't sound. We offer a tool. We are not tools. Right. Right. And tools don't replace humans. You know, yeah. it's an, it's a, it's a benefit. I love them. Look, like I love having an arsenal of tools, but. Uh, the reality is there's there's a human element there that um, that matters, and you're you're serving a human. So why wouldn't you expect to have that that additional layer to make sure that you're satisfying uh, your your buyers or your readers? Speaking of things that tools can't do, and you mentioned CTAs, and it got me thinking. Often enough, we'll, we'll run a nice piece of content. Let's assume that's really targeted towards a particular intent that makes sense or you know, a particular pain point. And then we write the CTA and it's something as generic as get started now or buy here or click now. And we don't create CTAs actually aligned to what we, the, the beautiful content that we've already written. I'm just wondering what your approach is to making sure that the CTA is aligned to what you're doing and to your audience and to what you've already written and so forth. Sure. So, um, and, and this is just a slight difference, but I think it, it, it's helpful in terms of, of, giving better value to the user, but I actually like to focus on call to value versus call to action. Um, so what is someone getting from what, uh, from the content if they click through? Are they getting, um, and, and so I'll talk about this as the, the meta description, but also on page, same deal. It's, it's the difference between giving them, um, something valuable versus asking them to do something. And I think that language can make a really big difference um, and in success and obviously your your metrics down the road. Um, so I think like, are you giving them a template? Are you giving them a trial? Are you giving them knowledge that ultimately helps them make a decision? Is it something exclusive that cannot be found elsewhere? I think that's actually um, the bigger the bigger win here and the bigger opportunity, um, and ensuring obviously that that tone automatically is more specific versus generic because you're focusing on what they get versus this vague, you know, click here and you know <laughs> and learn X or hey fill this form out which nobody ever wants to do. Um, instead, you're saying 
you know, grab this, grab this trial that will help you, uh, you know, monitor your page speed, whatever, <laughs> right. whatever the tool or, or application is, um, there's a, there's a better way to get them. And it's, it's all tied to the value that you're offering them. Well, I like that. I never thought of it like that. I like that a lot. Um, now to put you on the spot, but could you offer an example of that? Jeez. Um, just, you know, off the top of your head on one foot, I'll I'll ramble on as I ask you this question to give you some more time to think if you want. Yeah, sure. Go for it. <laughs> you know, because it, it's it's so hard sometimes to, to think, you know, something like a free trial. It's very generic. There's not really much. What are you going to say? Get a free get a free trial to get wonderful analytics. It's too long. It, it's it's a very generic thing you expect to see anyway. So how do you write something valuable? Um, that really piques the um, the the user's interest when it is something that's not really dynamic like that. Sure. So I think it you know it depends obviously. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I did the SEO thing. I said it depends. I, I have a line for that, by the way. This is not a nursing home. There are no depends here. <laughs> nice. Yep. Nice. So uh, you know, based on based on what your your application is or your target audience, I think a good one is. You know, if, if it's something that helps you position even your value for your department. So, so let's say you have a, um, we'll make up a, make up an application that really helps you with robust, um, analytics and, and maybe your target audience is SEOs. Then it could be something around getting your, your CMO bought into SEO by using this robust platform. And I know this is, this is not crafted well because I'm doing it off the, off the cuff here, but that's the kind of um, targeting I would expect is like the value add isn't just the tool, but maybe it's the fact that you'll get your CMO totally bought mm-hmm. into the SEO reporting and application within the business. That's cool. Um, something like that. I'm yeah. Just, I'm just going to make a note about that one second. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's, let's talk about what we spoke. You mentioned tone. Um, and in CTAs on the page, and I'm wondering, as a writer, a lot of these questions are coming from me as a as a writer, not as an SEO. And sure. I, I find that you know when I when I when I think of it, it's it's like a, it's one of those like weird Murphy's law kind of things. If I focus too much on intent, or I focus very much on intent, I lose things like um, clarity of message. I lose things like tone. I lose things like um, you know overall design of the page that I'm recommending to the designer. But when I focus too much on the other ancillary things, if you want to call them that, like tone, design, and so forth, I lose intent a little bit. Do you think there's there's sort of a problem in, in doing one batch of writing, we'll call them writing uh, metrics versus SEO metrics? Or is there, is there a way to balance both of them? It's like a left brain, right brain thing. How are you supposed to balance both at the same time? If I can ask, if I can ask that question a little bit more specifically. Okay, so how to how to balance? How to yeah, how to balance? Because you have things like tone, and you have things like clarity of message. Those are very much writing strategies, and then you have things like focusing on user intent, uh, uh, targeting your audience. Those are very much marketing or SEO sort of things. We call them marketing sort of things, right. and balancing both sure. of those at the same time can be very tricky. Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, the 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 first thing to understand, um, not saying that you don't, but just in in general here, is not losing sight of your audience. Because um, the reality is, 
that if it is a poor experience, the way that it reads or the way they're able to interact with your page, it's 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 not going to deliver, right? They're going to bounce or or they're not going to get there to begin with because somebody else bounced before them. Um, and I think you know SEO um, will happen naturally if you've done that that research phase and and you're informing your writing ahead of time. Not to say that it's always going to go off without a hitch, like it's not always going to be easy, but taking into consideration all of, all of those user experience, um, what do I want to say, bullet points, like making sure that it's easy to read, that it's easy to navigate through, um, that, uh, that readers can easily scan and get to what they need, like you've, you've um, integrated subheadings, you've provided links to other supporting content. Um, again, the, the call to value or your value is present and have, it's funny that you uh you mentioned this earlier because i had this as a specific note but like have you had other people including people from your audience weigh in on your content pages like you you obviously can't do that all the time um because you'd be caught in a in a never-ending like um uh block of of waiting for feedback and, and everybody's not going to do that but those are the things i think that work well and so having that iterative um, cycle versus, all right, I've, I've written it. Now we need to go back, shoehorn a bunch of stuff in. It's more like do the research and analysis up front, craft some really great content, and then go back and tweak it and make sure that the experience on page with that content is, is good. Um, I, I, I think, I think those are the, those are the ways that you can make sure you don't lose sight of both a positive experience and and miss out on intent as well. Yeah, that's a really good point, by the way, about you you shouldn't look to a third party or third person all the time. It's, it's, it, it, one, because a lot of people are very opinionated and you end up getting into a whole, that's a whole other story of, with that. But at the same time, it's, it is time consuming. There was a lot of back and forth. And I think it's something where I, content writers or content marketers need to be self-aware uh, and say to themselves, okay, this one is pretty much fine. This piece, I think there's something missing. Somebody should look at that. And that awareness to make that decision is not only going to save you time, time, it will just help you write better content. Exactly. And then that's, that's learning for you, right? And then that stuff starts to happen even more naturally as you progress through the other pieces. Um, because you've had those conversations and you're retaining that information, hopefully, and applying at a later time as well. I guess you could say that the the ultimate skill for the writer is being self-aware, sort of like life. Yes. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Evidently not for the patriots who keep doing the same thing over and over again when they cheat, but okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to have to bring up Ross. No, okay. No, no, no. Let's not. Let's not. You win. You win. You win. He's a creep. He is a creep. He is a creep. He is a such a creep. creep. Although we have to give some credit, this whole Antonio Brown drama wasn't really his fault. And okay, if you don't follow sports, Antonio Brown is a total lunatic who went off the rails, and everyone thought it was my quarterback's fault and not his fault. But it turns out he's crazy, and it wasn't Ben Roethlisberger's fault; it was Brown's fault. So there's that. We're getting down the wormhole again. Okay, jumping back, jumping back into the real world, not the sports world. Um, you mentioned ease of navigation, and that, that sort of got me thinking. I've been thinking about this for a while already. And it's when a user get, hits a landing page, let's say. It's the easiest case in my mind to, to construct. I always feel like, and this is me personally, I hit a landing page and there's always a something missing about it. I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like a me thing. 
when I'm writing, when I'm looking at landing pages, I just find the whole experience just doesn't work. And I feel like in 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 an age where there's so much interact inter um interaction on web pages, if you look at like the 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 epitome of this would be um I don't know if you ever seen Google's travel site. Yeah. So you write, you go to the local finder, you do you look for a hotel, you know, hotels in New York City, you look for more hotels, you see the whole list there. Um and you look for more hotels after the the, four, the first four that you get in the local pack, and you get an entire website of of hotels or travel options. And there's so much interactivity there, inter interaction there between the user and the website. You have this filter, you have you input this, you input that, you choose this, you select that, and it's so much more interactive than say Travelocity, Expedia, Orbitz, whatever it is. And I, I feel like Google's onto something with that. When I hit a landing page and all I see is your message, and I can't really interact with it, there's no media there in some way. I feel like it's falling flat and I feel like we're just not connecting with users because we're just doing things the old way because we don't have a better way. Am I crazy or is there something to what I'm saying? Don't answer the crazy part. <laughs> yes and yes. Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so absolutely. I, I think like it harkens back to like the, the static dry landing pages that you would either in the old school days, I'm old enough to remember this, drive people to from either pay-per-click campaigns or, or like newsletters, right? Um, and your your whole focus beyond getting them to convert is also to make sure they never go anywhere else. Um, and so I think that became a bit pervasive and I think you're on to it. I think you need to make sure that you're incorporating other elements, um, things like video or other storytelling elements on the page. Maybe they're just visuals. Something, again, that's engaging and has some level of value for the people that you're trying to help. And I think um, the, the thing that sticks with me a lot, and I really like how they position themselves, is actually HubSpot focuses a lot on delight. And it, it sounds a little bit corny um, on the on the initial pass of that word, and or maybe it's just me, but I think that is a really good thing to apply to the way that people interact with your with your content, and really like all of your content is a landing page. So depending on how they're getting there, what are you doing to keep them there? What are you also doing to give them a positive impression of who you are and what you're offering? Um, so again, I think coming back to things like visual, rich media, video, and, and, and maybe, you know, it's a link off to a podcast even, um, that, it, that gives them a better idea of what you have to offer them, um, is, is a positive experience and is going to start to build something with the people that are hitting your content. Yeah. And I'm so guilty of, of not doing that. I think everyone's sort of guilty of not doing that to a large extent. Hopefully we'll change. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Look, like everybody's got umpteen number of tasks and five minutes to get it all done. That's really what it is, yeah. So I think, yeah, so I think you get, instead of doing fewer items better, we get trapped in this this cycle of doing a million things, you know, mess and mess, you know, like uh, somewhat good. (laughs) You've just described my life in every aspect of it. (laughs) (laughs) From writing to child rearing. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> We're all there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> At least I'm not alone. No, no, definitely not. Okay. 
So I have a fun little bit that I that we do, um, but before we get to that, I just want to end off. Generally speaking, what are some of the aspects of of considering or targeting user intent that you feel content creators are just missing the ball on? Yeah, I think again, as I mentioned earlier, I think that they don't get deep enough into the analysis of of what is resonating by looking at those SERPs. I don't think. Um, sort of what I mentioned a little bit ago, that they grasp the value of having content that builds that brand affinity or awareness and takes advantage of people who aren't yet ready to to purchase or convert. Um, and then, you know, two other things that really I see quite a bit is a misunderstanding of, like, how um, how serious or how dry content sometimes is. And, and that it doesn't need to be that way, that people can be um, serious SEOs, they can be serious um, technologists and not be boring dullards, <laughs> right? And so having <laughs> having that middle ground where you're offering things of value but are, are still coming across like exciting, I think that's a hard balance, but something that gets missed a lot. And then the, the other piece to this is unless you're in a tiny company where where really, um, you know, there's only a few people in total um, missing the boat on understanding that decision makers, um, the the group often ends up being larger than the person you think you're targeting. So have you created an experience or content that is going to resonate with them? Um, And so with SEO, let's say SEO platforms, maybe it's the case of, you know, uh, crafting some items for the CMO or, or be helping people talk to the CMO. Maybe it's your CFO or just your, um, your, your controller and then your content creators too. So that you can get everybody on board and do that easily and also make it easier for, in this instance, the SEO to communicate this out. Um, so essentially, you know, creating content that supports all parties and the entire journey. And I know we, we say funnel a lot and yep. I, I get it and I like funnels, except that it's really not that linear. It's often more of a, you know, a tangled mess of, <laughs> of, uh, of research and analysis before the purchase is made. Um, I think those are some, some key items anyway. Yeah. There's, there's definitely this, this sense. I mean, that's literally why we created this podcast because we say, well, there's a bunch of podcasts out there that are good, but we haven't yeah. really seen one until now, I hope. <laughs> that that sort of takes talking about SEO and gives it a little bit of life. And there's nothing wrong with a couple of jokes here and there. I don't mean you should put jokes right. into your content. Like that's probably not – if you're talking about the cure for cancer, you shouldn't make a joke. You should write serious right. content. <laughs> um, but you yeah. can put life and you can put personality into things. Like we're, at the end of the day, the other person looking at the content, listening to the content, watching the content is a human being. And most human beings, other than Bill Belichick, have a personality. <laughs> oh Lord, Roethlisberger! Oh God, gosh! <laughs> Keep forgetting. Keep forgetting. No, absolutely. It's it's about being human at the end of the day, and uh, and making that a priority. Okay, so that's a good note to end on. 
I have a little fun game for us. I call it Optimize It or Disavow It. It's where I give you either two options that are really great and you're stuck choosing one good option over another good option, which is hard, or I give you two bad options and you're stuck choosing one crappy option over another crappy option, which of course is uncomfortable. It's like asking me, who do you prefer, the Patriots or the Red Sox? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> the Red Sox I would go with. But in a zero-sum world... Would you create a landing page with a clear and crisp message that was not aligned to user intent, or would you create a messier sort of page that wasn't as polished, well-designed, well-formatted, but the end of the day sort of kind of aligns to user intent? Yeah, so so because I don't know what the point of content is that doesn't align with intent, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to go with that that messier version and, and hope that they can get through it uh, because otherwise content's never going to be discoverable anyway. Right. Um, you know, unless its purpose is something like second click or a landing page or newsletter inclusion, it's just, it's just senseless to me. That's fair. I agree. I mean, we all like polished, <laughs> nice, shiny looking web pages, but yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Like people are not, at the end of the day, they're not dumb. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And and they wade through quite a bit, so I'd I'd put my money on the uh on the messier one for sure. Well, that was simple enough. And you didn't use oh well it depends, <laughs> so that was good also. No, I, I didn't. I stayed wow. away from it depends. That's great. <laughs> I I very much appreciate that. <laughs> you got it. Okay. Well, I think that does it for this session. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. It's a lot of fun. Thank you for putting up with my ribbing of the um, Patriots and then the Red Sox um, and Boston sports in general. You got it. Thank you for having me. It was great. And uh, we'll see you on the field. Oh, we will. We will. <laughs> no banking any garbage cans, by the way, please. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from the ladies. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell Big Ben. Always ask first. Yeah, there you go. Always ask first. All right, thanks, Jessica. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. And we are back to your regularly scheduled in search SEO podcast. And in case you didn't get the moral of that story, the Red Sox and the Patriots suck. And that's one of the wonderful things about being the host of this podcast. I get the final word. God, you are. And that's not fair because she's horrible. not here. Oh my god. But it is what it is. All is fair in love and sports fandom. Okay, Morty. Patriots suck. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> we can keep going down this rabbit hole. No, please don't. Or we can just do the news. Let's do the news. Are you sure? Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So, Pierre, could you please hit it with the news? Google says that they will delete unpublished Google My Business profiles if they are not verified within 30 days. So if you take your sweet time publishing, just know this. Know this. Yeah. That would suck if you were like, like, kind of like, oh, I'm not really good with time. I created it. <laughs> no, I'll get to it later. And then 30 days later, it gets deleted. Right. Yep. Good for you. Moving on. Yes. A bug that prevented you from verifying a property in Search Console using Tag Manager has been fixed. And five new bugs have replaced it. Anyway, <laughs> that was wrong. Lovely, Morty. That's okay. true. Whatever. <laughs> okay. 
Rumor has it, yes, yeah, that Google is experiencing a bug, uh-huh. surprise, surprise, that is rejecting a lot of Google posts. It appears, though, that the issue is related to creators not following guidelines around images, such as not using stock photos. But I don't blame the, the, um, creators. the creators. One, and we had Greg Gifford on this podcast to discuss this. Right. It's very confusing what what works with images for Google Posts, what doesn't. I mean, we discussed with Greg image size, mm. right? And what what you should actually size you should actually use. That's a whole complicated question. We'll link back to that podcast. Check that out. Right. But there's a whole bunch of guidelines about using stock images and, and about um you know the words you have on the in the in the, in the image. Either way, okay, this is not new. Like these aren't new guidelines. It just seems that Google started to implement, implement them, right. Right. right? So this is again goes to Google not being good at communicating, sort of like me and my marriage. Oh God! And what Google should do, unlike me and my marriage, is communicate and say, you know what? Hey guys, like we have not been on top of implementing our our guidelines on images and Google posts. So as of I don't know a week from now. Okay. Yeah. Or, or tomorrow, whatever it is, yeah. we're gonna get really strict. We're like third grade English teacher strict on you. <laughs> you should know. I would know. I was a fourth grade <laughs> English teacher, and I was not strict. That was scary. <laughs> right. There's a difference. Right. Um, I was. I was really scary as a teacher. Anyway. Okay. Um. Shall we move on? Yeah. So okay. no, the point is they yeah. should have been communicated, <laughs> saying like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna get on this before warn," as opposed to, "Is there a bug? Is there not a bug? What's Google doing? Oh my god." Okay. Not good for anybody. Thank you, Mark. Not good for anybody. Yeah, okay. Finally. Finally, Google Maps has gotten an update in honor of its 15th birthday. <laughs> New changes to the app include user-generated info on public transportation and more tabs at the bottom of the map to make accessing information easier. Yay. Yay. And it's a really cool information. Like, um, the, the subway thing is cool. Yeah. Right, you can you, you they have a gift that shows you how how this works, but um you can add an information about like, is it really packed right now on the train? Um, is there a smelly guy who hasn't showered in like five <laughs> weeks on the car here? Like skip third car, smelly guy, man spreading on the subway. Uh, Don't go near oh, that'll him. That'll be useful. Yes, that'll be good. Like lots of man spreaders on this subway car. Go to car four. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. That'd be, amazing. That'd be a great thing if they had it. If they had a thing, like Google had a checkbox or like. I'm on car four. Checkbox. Is there man spreading? Check. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's a big man spreader on the subway, by the way. Oh, I know. He really is. He like spreads out. I'm like, Dad, come on. You can't do that. Anyway. Anyway. Yes. Oh, fun SEO send-off question. Totally forgot. Wait, you didn't thank me for the news. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you for the news. You're welcome. <laughs> God. <laughs> Whew. Want to get on your bad side. Um, okay. Shall we? Fun SEO send-off question? Yeah. All right, folks, you're in for a treat as we have another fun SEO send-off question. This week, in honor of the Oscars, which we record Sunday morning, so it didn't happen yet. Yeah. Right. So by the time you hear this, a question might be somewhat irrelevant, but it doesn't really matter. We're going to go with it anyway. Yeah. Okay, so here's the fun question. You ready? Just going by the nominees themselves. Right. If Google... We're one of the nominated movies for Best Picture of the Year 2020 by the Academy Award, Oscars, whatever you want to call them. Which movie would it be? And I don't know them by heart. And I have it on my phone here. Hold on. Okay, your options are yeah. Ford versus Ferrari. Is that a movie? Yeah, that's a great. I actually saw that. That was a great movie. <laughs> okay. Um, Jojo Rabbit. Okay. Joker. Yeah. Marriage Story. 
Yeah. Um, 1917, which I want to see and haven't seen. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Well, I got nominated. Okay. I am not a Tarantino fan, but I kind of want to see that. Mm-hmm. And Parasite, which I'm not sure I even heard of. You forgot Little Women. Oh, and it's not here in the, in the carousel. Uh, Google forgot Little Women. It's like, uh, look here. No, it doesn't make sense. It's I believe you. I'm going to check it. It's not, no, no, first check. It's no, not I'm there. Not sure. It's not there. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't Hold nominated? On. No, no, no. I think you're right. I think it was nominated. In the main, yeah. Once you click on the featured snippet, you get Little Women. Yeah. I apologize for that. Yeah. Actually, Google should apologize for that. Oh, and the Irishman. And the Irishman. So thank you, Google, for your carousel sucking. Shabbiness. Wow. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> not me. It was Google. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. So if Google were one of these nominated movies, who would it be? I would say Parasite. Ow. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. It's, it's, Go ahead, explain. Know? No, you explain. Your answer is Google you is like a parasite. How so? I'm not explaining anything further. Okay, wow. I was going to No, go. but also because it's the only movie that I actually watched. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a good movie. Go watch it. I'll, I'll, I will. I'll yeah. try to watch it. What's it about? Tell me later. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with The Irishman. Which I watched like an hour of and I fell asleep. Oh, God. Yeah. But, you know, like Google's a gangster. Extorting oh. people. Ugh, you know, the usual stereotypes <laughs> you say about Google. Right. You looking at me? Are you looking at me? <laughs> so we have Google as a gangster and Google as a parasite. Nice. Very, which is worse. Nice. We're a positive bunch here. <laughs> well, should we go with Google as Joker? Ooh, that'd be wrong. That would be nice. That'd be like he's a Google's psychopathic killer. That's terrible. Actually, in Parasite, there's no actual parasite. Like, well, that, that's ruined the whole movie for me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe it's Marriage Story, which I haven't seen either because, I don't know, dysfunctional marriage has hit close to home. Not with my marriage, my parents. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, should, I should preface that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, maybe that. No, like, yeah, that's okay. got a 95% Rotten Tomato score. So I'll, never, maybe I didn't watch it. I didn't yeah. Know. So, yeah. Yeah, I've been watching Picard lately. We should talk about what I've been watching. That's been terrible. Anyway, that'll do it for this episode of the Interest SEO Podcast. Keep in mind, new episode next Tuesday. Hopefully, we'll see you there. And thank you so much for listening. It's been in search because we're all in search of of something. something. Toodles.